Hi guys, welcome back to I'm Not Fine. Um, we are doing episode 15 of our second season today. Yes, that's... which means we've made it through our season. <laughs> you finished, second yeah. season down. That's really exciting. It is, um, and we're, we're we're leaving you guys with a really we we think pertinent episode. Very pertinent episode. Um, uh, in any sort of time of life, I yeah. guess. Like I think it always does crop up as yeah. something that. You need to focus on and explore and work through. So today we're going to be talking about stress and burnout. Yes. From an eating disorder recovery perspective, but also just from a life perspective. Yeah, I think everybody deals with what well, everybody experiences stress and burnout. Yeah. Um, so even though we're coming at it from an eating disorder perspective in terms of ways of dealing with it yeah. as of not engaging in behaviours, but I think a lot of what we have to say will be relevant to a lot of people, hopefully. Yes, absolutely, because I think, as you said, like stress and burnout is a universal issue for humans because yes. we do push ourselves or we um, end up in situations that stretch our ability to sort of live. Um, <laughs> yeah, putting it bluntly, yes. <laughs> So, yeah, hopefully hopefully you guys find this episode as helpful as I'm sure we will talking about it. Yeah. Um, okay. So first off, let's, as we like to do on this, <laughs> on our um, pod, let's define what is stress and burnout. Yes. Um, well, I think, first of all, everyone experiences it. Yes. So this probably isn't new information to anyone that's listening. No. But it is individual, the way you experience it. So I think... It's different for everyone. So what we, how we experience and define stress and burnout may be different to people that are listening to this, but it doesn't mean that your experience is invalid. Right. We're certainly not saying that we're the authority on the subject. <laughs> I mean, we get very stressed. We do get very stressed. <laughs> we're we not experience stress and burnout quite a lot. Yeah. That doesn't mean what we say is the rule. No, definitely not. Um, so I guess it can manifest as psych psychological or physical yes ways yeah um and i guess stress can often come before the burnout yes um it's usually a good indicator that burnout is going to happen yeah so when we're talking about stress i guess as you said there are psychological and physical factors um and i guess the most common ones that i would think of for the psychological side effects of stress would be you know heightened anxiety yeah definitely heightened anxiety um heightened eating disorder thoughts yes increased rumination and yeah. like, thoughts and i think um you experienced this the past few nights of not being able to sleep yes properly. oh my god it's the absolute worst yeah. i haven't slept properly in days yeah and then that leads to physical side effects yes. as well and it leads to the burnout yeah yeah um, so feeling nauseous. Some people get really hungry when they're stressed yes. and burnt out, and then some people are the polar opposites and have no appetite. Yeah, um, which obviously can be really hard in recovery. Absolutely. Disorder. Either way, if you, I know that um, when you do get more hungry, it can really, it really increase freaks, the thoughts. Yeah, because it, it freaks you out. Yeah, and when you get less hungry, it can, again, increase the thoughts, but also cascade into yeah. a period of restriction, which does not help. No, not at all. Um, and other physical symptoms, I guess for me, I am the queen of experiencing stress in physical symptoms. Yeah, um, you really are. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I think since that, since I've stopped, um, relying on my eating sort of behaviors, yeah. I get stress in terms of things like eczema or, yeah. um, TMJD, which is a, uh, a jaw disorder, jaw disorder, muscular disorder, which was super fun when I was trying to, um, Eat, eat enough to weight restore. Yeah. That was that was really yeah. I bet it would have been great fun. <laughs> um, 
Last year, I had the pleasure of developing costochondritis. Yes. Um, and Which is another muscular, muscular yeah. nerve disorder. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, ulcers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there are some physical symptoms just from me in the past <laughs> year or two, actually. Um, and they're a bitch. They yeah. are. Yeah. Um, and then you get more anxious and stressed yes. because you're dealing with the physical side effects. Yeah. Like, why is this happening to me? Yes. And yeah. it just, it just cycle. Yeah. <laughs> Another really common one is headaches. Yes. People get headaches and like tight muscles in their neck and back and shoulders. Yes. And you don't realize until you either relax or like someone might be giving you a massage and being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Yes. So many knots. (laughs) Um, Um, Another one that I experience in certain situations, obviously this is not sustainable and it doesn't happen long term, but I really struggle with breathing. Like I yeah. hold my breath a lot when I'm stressed. Yeah. And then you don't realize it yeah. until you breathe out. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> what about psychological? How does mm. it manifest psychologically for you? We've already talked about the rumination. Rumination. Perfectionism for oh. me is a big one um, when yes. I'm stressed, <laughs> especially when I'm burnt out. Perfectionism yes. is like sky high. Yeah. I go, yeah, really perfectionistic anxious um i start getting anxious about things that i'm not like it's not the core reason yeah. why i'm stressed like if i have maybe a few assignments in a row i don't get too stressed about that no. but i feel that the anxiety deflects onto say interpersonal relationships yes. and i get anxious about um yeah just like whether i'm a good friend or a good partner or a good daughter like it just sort of yeah. does spiral into that again perfectionistic yeah but perfectionistic of, in a Different way, not yeah. only when you're anxious about. So then it takes you a while to realize that the root cause of it is not because of an interaction you've had with no. the person. It's because you've had three assignments in a row. Yeah, and I think it, yeah, I know people, people, like if I am doing like a lot in one day in terms of study or something, like, um, you know, people are like, oh, you must be so stressed. And I'm and like, like, no, that would be great. <laughs> and then later I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I was stressed. Yeah. <laughs> Just not about what I was studying. Yeah. yeah. Um, for yeah. me, for burnout especially, depression yeah. gets really bad when yeah. I burnt out. And that's, that's, that's a really hard one because it means you're physically burnt out and mentally yeah. burnt out. Yeah. And, and just everything becomes down. a chore. Yeah. It just, like, yeah, life gets so hard. Yeah, especially when you're trying to do, like, you know, trying to work, trying to study, trying to... Yeah, trying to do all the things. Yeah, all the things. after Hamilton. Like, it gets, yeah, exhausting. Well, yeah. it already is exhausting and you have no energy but yeah. you've got life to do. And it just adds another layer of it. Yeah. Absolutely. So I guess moving on, I think we've we've had a good <laughs> We've definitely come in. Um, and as we said at the start, as that little caveat, if you don't experience any of these symptoms or anything at all that we talk about today, you're not invalid. No, it doesn't this mean is... that your experience doesn't happen. Exactly. Like, Everyone experiences. Two people's experience of stress and burnout. Yeah. Um, so now that we've covered that, how do we deal with this? Um, not giving in to the thoughts. Yes. Is a key one. Yep. Especially if their perfectionism or anxiety driven thoughts yeah um you can't give into it because it's the same as giving into an eating disorder yeah if you give into it once that becomes a like precedent Mm. and then you're going to give into the thoughts again and again it gets really hard to stop yeah it sets that pattern of behavior that when you're anxious i do this yeah um and usually the things that we reach for initially aren't the most helpful no because we're not we don't get taught how to 
deal with emotions. No, we don't. We get told this is sad, this is angry, this is happy. Yeah. But, yeah, you don't get told how to deal with them. Yeah, and more often than not we treat them as bad things. Yes. Anxious bad. Feeling anything other than neutral or happy is bad. Yeah. Which is not at all. Exactly. It's it's a sign. It signals that you need to slow down or check in with yourself or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Um, Also, I guess in the same vein of not giving into the thoughts but not engaging in any self-destructive thoughts or behaviours. Important. Yeah. Really important. Um, Why? Just out of interest. (laughs) Why shouldn't we engage? Um, Because it's bad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess the same as it sets a precedent but also it doesn't actually allow you to deal with what's causing the thoughts which is the stress and the burnout yeah and so you don't deal with the root cause of it you just like band-aid fix it but if you just yeah. stick a band-aid over something that needs stitches it's not gonna it's never gonna go away no it's not gonna heal it's gonna pull apart yeah and cause stress the next time around exactly um and then you're starting from an already burnt out position and piling yeah. more stress on top of that like your tolerance becomes smaller and smaller yes absolutely that's a really good point so i guess in that same vein or building on that, engaging in therapy yes. is really, really important. And we know that we're very privileged in that we can access therapy. Yeah, that we so have a So saying that if you don't have a therapist, you have to go out and get one. It's the only way to deal with stress and burnout. Like it's absolutely not. But if you do have a treatment team, it's really important to let them into what's happening for you. Yes. And know that if you do need extra help and don't have access, like you don't, currently have a treatment team yeah do reach out yeah go to your gp get a referral referral. yeah we were so in sync (laughs) there um yeah get a referral and know that you're worth the time and effort absolutely um and that even though it's it feels really counterintuitive talking about it yeah because you're like no i need to pretend it's not happening talking about it is giving it like room yeah and i know um, I think we've both experienced it where we go into a session um, and we're like, oh, I really need to talk about something. I need to actually talk about it instead of being like, I'm fine. Yeah. Because it is such, it's such an automatic response to be like, no, no, we're good. Yeah, we're good. it is. But it's so important to talk about the things that are bothering you. I was really lucky. Well, I don't know if lucky is the right word, but on Friday I had an appointment with my psychiatrist and with my psychologist on the yeah. same day. And I had my psychologist first and she made me write out a list of things to talk to my psychiatrist about. Yes. And I was like, if I hadn't done that, I would have glossed over them or yeah. maybe not even brought them up. Yeah. So it was really good that she made me do that. But That's a really yeah. good practice. Yeah. It I was think- really important to actually let him in into what was happening because I was like, oh, I've already talked about it once. I don't need to talk about no. it again. <laughs> transparency across the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. And also just remembering that you're actually making – their job easier absolutely because then they don't have to dig yeah because they know something's up but they can't find you they don't know what it is and don't do that thing where you spend 25 minutes of a half an hour of appointment being like everything's great and then the next last five minutes being like actually (laughs) i'm falling apart yes but now you don't have time to help me bye see you in two weeks Yeah, um, cliffhangers aren't great when you're doing therapy. No. Just, just putting that Cliff out for like a TV show or a book. <laughs> you're finishing the chapter in a book and it's yeah. a cliffhanger, that's a yeah. great time. Yeah. Not so good for therapy. No, because um, it is a little bit of a, you know, it, it doesn't serve you. 
No. And it's not a good use of your time. Or money. Or money, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yes, other ways to deal with stress and burnout. Putting in limits and boundaries. Yes. And this can be really important before you get to the burnout stage, yeah. but it's extra important when you are in the burnout stage because yeah. you can't get yourself out of it if you don't put in limits and boundaries and yes. allow yourself to, like, recoup. Yeah. And I think through that you check in with yourself and see how can I, what is most important here how can i spread my energy to yeah. the priorities yes and see say if you have to if you're um you've organized to catch up with someone and you just know that it's going to be a draining experience and that you might not come away feeling refreshed or anything yeah. at all maybe might not be the time to do that yeah and of course like we do have those interactions and we love the people and all of yeah. that but you do have to think what is going to serve me right now exactly um and what is going to serve me for the week ahead yes i was meant to have a phone call with a good friend from brisbane the other day and she messaged me and she's like i've just had a really shit day i'm exhausted can't do a chat today is it okay if we postpone and i was like yeah absolutely yeah and i appreciated that she didn't like that she valued it both of our time enough to yes not push through and have yeah. a half-hearted conversation yeah and also not make herself feel worse because the last thing i would have wanted would herself would be for her to feel worse after our phone call even yeah. though it would have had nothing to do with me absolutely but yeah it's really important to know what your limits are yeah because it does help like say if you did go through that phone call and she was not in the best headspace it might make you question whether you had done yeah, something wrong. Exactly. And it's, yeah, open communication is so important. I know we always bang on about it, but, but it really it's so, is. yeah. Also, a small caveat to this putting in limits and boundaries everybody has responsibilities, and there will be some things that you just can't say no to. Yeah. Like walking my dog. Some days I don't feel like it. Some days I'm very grateful that Emma walks in. <laughs> but other days, like even today, we've just come back from a walk and it was very nice, but I did not feel like going yeah. and doing it but i knew that i had to take him out because otherwise he just turns into a dick he really does <laughs> you know, half a day he was like Fuck. um so, yeah and obviously there are bigger responsibilities like children and work and things like that yeah. so there are some things that you just straight up can't say no to which is very unfortunate yeah but but yes. it sort of shows you where you can say no as well yeah um, and what things you have to devote your energy that you have to yeah like, and you can't the old saying you can't pour from an empty cup but you yeah. can't have too many things going on because no. you just don't have the ability to do that yeah um that's a very good point too okay so what have we got making a realistic plan yeah i guess this kind of goes on from the responsibilities yeah. if you realize that you're getting to the burnout stage or you're very anxious and stressed about what's going on in your life it can be really good to write down everything that is essential that you have to do yes and then another list of things that you would like to do or that you might have planned but aren't essential yeah and then seeing what energy you've got to use for the essential things and yeah. then adding in other things that might like rejuvenate you but yeah. might not be essential only if you've got the time to do it yeah i think it's i um like to think of it as say writing up a shopping list or budgeting yeah you budget your energy you see yeah. how much you have and then you put it into the places that you need to and what will make you feel good and what will make you feel more energized. Yeah. I know that if I'm having a really rough week, there are some people that I catch up with and it just and it makes helps. me feel so much better. Yeah. Um, and it's really good to be aware of who those people are. Exactly. Um, and also, of course, when you are doing this, as what we talked about two weeks ago with friendships and boundaries, knowing that, you know, 
um, you have to respect their own space and their own energy and all of that. But, um, yeah, I think making a realistic plan and seeing what you have going on in your life at the moment is really important. Definitely. Um, another, <laughs> I like this point. Another way to deal with stress and anxiety is actually just sometimes you just need to sit in it for a little bit. Yeah. Like you need to let yourself feel the feels. Yeah. Have a good cry if that's your way of getting your stress out of your body or a vent to someone. Yeah. I know that if I'm having a stressful time, calling my mum. Yeah. Say. Really helpful. <laughs> Thanks, mums. <laughs> and like again, we're privileged that we have that relationship. That we yeah. Can just call up our mums. But um, it, God, it helps so it much because really you need does. to have like a sounding board and you need to have the ability to get it out without someone trying to fix all the yeah. problems. And without feeling like, without feeling unsafe or like you or need like to apologise yeah. or clarify or, you know, like make sure that they don't tell someone else about it. Like it's good to have those people that yeah. are just going to be involved and also are there to listen and yes. not invalidate as well. Yeah, that's really important. Don't vent to someone who's going to try and one-up you yeah. or invalidate oh your struggles. <laughs> Competitive. No, yes. don't do that. That's not no. the best idea. No. Um, I think also treating yourself like you would a loved one. Yeah. Um if you're really, really exhausted, think about mm, would I make my sister go to this event? Yeah. Would I make my mum do this particular task that is non-essential? Yeah. Because um, it's really hard to have empathy towards yourself. Oh, absolutely. It um, can be so hard because you're like, no, I have to do this. Like, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. It's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just just give yourself a bit of fucking compassion, guys. Yeah. Um, and probably my favorite point of how to do a stress and burnout is to normalize it and remind yourself that it is a human condition yeah. everybody feels it just because you've got an eating disorder or depression or anxiety or ptsd or any mental health condition doesn't mean that it's a symptom of your condition yeah stress and burnout is completely normal every human feels it yeah and sometimes it's good to talk to someone about it and get that validation that it is normal like i know when before we moved here like before we moved house i've never moved house before so yeah. i was like oh it'd be straightforward and everyone's like no 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 no. it's, <laughs> it's a, a really lot of work and it's time. very stressful yes. yeah and then i got and then we did it and i was like fuck they're right it's stressful yeah. but you don't know no you don't know until you've done it yeah and i think sometimes especially when you've had a mental illness you gaslight yourself oh absolutely you think, oh it actually isn't that bad i'm just weak or yes. i'm just stupid or i'm just ill when it's really it's just a human condition as yeah. you said like it's it's normal completely normal to feel stressed yeah. and it's kind of abnormal to numb yourself out from it. yes that's um, a very good point and really not helpful <laughs> no not helpful at all it doesn't no. serve you no and it doesn't help you deal with the stress and yeah and as we've said in other episodes emotions are there for a reason exactly don't numb yourself out to them. no won't help okay now that we've sorry i fully cut you off <laughs> just you were about to say the same thing that i was going to say um, so go yes. for it. now that we've talked about what stress and burnout is and how to deal with it i think it's really important that we finish on how to prevent stress and burnout yes. because you can't eliminate it from your life completely yes. as nice as that would be it as we said it's a human condition it's part of the human existence but there are ways that you can i guess put yourself in a better position to deal with it or maybe not minimize the stress but minimize its impact on your life yeah 
I think I found it really helpful. Um, one, I think it was the end of last year when I was in exams or something, I had costochondritis 2.0. Um, <laughs> and I was talking to my psychologist about it and realizing that I just have to, when it comes around to exam time, I just have to be extra gentle on myself. Yeah. I have to put in a really good routine yes. to make sure that I am, you know, going for a stroll or listening to music or doing some mindfulness or something that's going to help me safeguard against getting costochondritis or yeah. team JD or whatever it is that month. <laughs> However it's going to physically yeah. manifest for you. But like preempt it and yeah. know, I guess what I'm trying to say here is be aware of your signs. Set yourself up for a win. Yeah, and know when things do get stressful for yeah. you. It might be, you know, a really difficult period at work that you come through, you know, every year yeah. or for me, studying for exams or... Yeah, um, you know the end of semester gets really busy and stressful yeah. and you know that the end of semester happens every semester. Yeah. So you might well, as well plan for it. Yeah, or like for some people it can be birthdays or Christmas yeah. or family gatherings. An anniversary or yeah. a big event. Yeah. yeah, so I think being aware of your signs and sort of, um, yeah, knowing knowing those time periods that are going to be pretty stressful. Yeah. Um, so a good way to prevent it is to make sure you've scheduled in enough rest yeah. in the lead up to whatever event or occasion or I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, <laughs> but like Trigger? period, period, period yeah. of stress that is going to come. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Struggle with that sentence. <laughs> yes. Okay. Making sure you schedule in enough rest in the lead up. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, we, we don't always know that something's going to be No, stressful, that is true. But having that rest in place and having a good routine yeah. with rest really helps. Yeah, good sleep hygiene and all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> um, yes, on that note, having a routine. Yes. Having routine and keeping your routine is really important. And yeah. even though, I don't know, sometimes when you think of routine you think of like a pensioner because they yes. have their like they don't have as many curveballs during yeah. the day yeah but it's really important to control what you can control and yes. so getting up at the same time every day going to bed at a reasonable time scheduling in your six meals yes I think doing the things that you can control yeah and yeah, I think as we've said before, again, I feel like I'm <laughs> referring to a lot of things we've already said because we're very wise um, <laughs> and really modest. Um, knowing that can, to control your intake is to control it in the point of having your six meals yes. every day, making sure you have adequacy, regularity. I was about to say control it in terms of raves. Yes, exactly. Control it in the non-disordered way. Yeah. Don't flip it and think I'm going to control my intake by restriction or by whatever it is that is maladaptive for you. Yeah. Look at it as something you can control in from a recovery Absolutely. You can control your recovery. Exactly. You can control your recovery. You can control your, um, frick, what's the word? Compliance. Yes. <laughs> Compliance with a meal plan. Yes. That's the stage that you're at. Yeah. And knowing that having normal, like having regular nutrition helps with stress oh absolutely because your body confuses hunger and anxiety yeah. if you're not fueling it enough you're just going to feel more anxious oh. i experienced that yesterday had a bad sleep the night before i'm really anxious about something that's coming up in my life and i was really stressed and then i didn't eat enough and yeah. i just felt even more anxious yeah. and i had to be like no i need to make up what i missed 
because that's just contributing to the anxiety and the yeah. like feeling you get in your stomach. Yeah, and you think like I think back to the past year and what like you know what stresses have come up. If I wasn't eating properly, I would have been fucked. Yeah. Like absolutely. absolutely, I would have ended up somewhere. Yes. <laughs> Um, because you really do like your threshold drops oh, when you're not yes, eating enough. So much. And you just buzz on that survival anxiety and everything is stressful. Yeah. So do yourself a favor. Wow, that sounded so cliche. <laughs> do yourself a favor. But do and and eat, eat enough. Enough. Yeah. And also don't counteract adequate eating with extra activity. Yes. Because that's also gonna make that's very important. Yeah. Um um, how else can we prevent it? Not Ooh. being a people pleaser and overloading yeah. yourself. That's a good that's one. That's a time. That's that's an important one, guys. Yeah. Um, Something all we're both very familiar with yes. also. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Know, as we've said earlier, know what is going to serve you most and especially in terms of people pleasing, what obligations and social interactions you can have without detriment detrimenting <laughs> no without um yeah i don't know I'm without afraid. destroying or without implicating your health i don't know that was weird um <laughs> good point though thank you um yes so try not to overload yourself and I know when I get really anxious, it's nice to have a lot of things going on. Yeah. But there's a limit. There is. And there has so, to be a limit. Yeah. And sometimes doing all the things can lead to more anxiety than less. Yes. And especially if you're doing those things for other people. Like, yeah. And we're not talking about a coffee date. No. But doing something that you feel like you might owe them or that if you yeah. don't do it, if you don't. It feels like an obligation. Do it. Yeah. It's going to impact the other person negatively. Like you don't want to be in a position where you feel like you're making it harder for someone else if you say no yeah or if you have to cancel at the last minute like yeah. it's better to just put in the boundaries realize what is going to be too much for you and yeah. not agree to it in the first place yeah but also know that if you do end up in a position that you have a lot on and you can't handle it people don't get as offended as you think yeah people understand absolutely because people are people and yes. they've been through it and if you are honestly saying that you can't do something because you're exhausted and um, you're going through a really stressful time, a friend will respect that. Yeah. Um, another way to prevent it is being aware of your signs. Yeah. Yeah. So as, yeah, I guess in terms of looking at those periods of time that you get really stressed. Yeah. But also those little niggly points in terms of maybe thoughts or feelings that sort of leads you to think mm, something something's brewing. Yeah. It can also be really important for like future prevention is if you do find yourself in a situation where you're dealing with burnout to just look back retrospectively yeah. at the lead up to the situation and say, oh, I think maybe X, Y, Z were all signs that I was getting too stressed and too overworked, but I didn't pay attention to them or I didn't realize yeah and then filing it away for next time so that you know when it happens again you can be like hang on this happened last time yeah. and then I got really burnt out it's sort of like a relapse prevention plan. yeah and I guess the last thing we were wanting to talk about um here which is probably of no surprise to anyone <laughs> um is yes, if you've heard more than one <laughs> of our episodes there's a theme um try not to engage in destructive behaviours that can lead you more vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so what we mean here is 
when you do say um, engage in an eating disorder behavior, as we've mentioned just before with uh, restriction and the free floating anxiety that just mm, that play fun you. time. Yeah, other behaviors as well will lead you to feeling more stressed yeah. and burnt out um, with in terms of uh, like risk taking behaviors. Yeah. Um, other eating disorder behaviors whatever it may be it might feel good in the moment but it doesn't serve you long term and again it changes your tolerance yeah to them. yeah it definitely um narrows your ability to deal with life yeah um even though it does feel in the short term that it actually helps you yeah um but that is the beauty of maladaptive coping mechanisms yes okay on that note if this has brought up anything for yep. you, head to I'm Not Find Up podcast on Instagram and you'll find the links to EDV, EDQ, Butterfly and Lifeline. Yeah, and thank you so much for listening to us this season. Yes, we've really enjoyed it. Yeah. I hope you have too.